This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to A View From The Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View From The Bullens, with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Benwin Stanley and Kevin Ratcliffe. Guys, West Ham nil. Everton won. It's our 11th win in 17. Lee, what were your thoughts on the game? Oh, it was another brilliant away win, Mick. Um, 11 and 17. When you say that, wow. Just an incredible record. Um, but I think it's, it was much improved compared to recent weeks when we've clearly struggled. Um, and once again, it just keeps us in the mix. It's another weekend where results have been quite favourable for us. We've been quite fortunate in that respect. But yeah, tonight we were, I thought we were very organised. I think that system suits us and I'd like to see us persist with that for the last four games and just go for that little bit of continuity and familiarity with that with that system. Um, I just think, yeah, from the off, I think West Ham clearly, I don't think they were quite on it tonight and I think we probably caught them on, on a good day and maybe on another day we were not as wasteful and, picked better options in the final third, then it could have been a little bit more comfortable. But overall, we were never really in, in that much danger. And I, I thought, to a man, they all put a, a, a proper shift in. I thought the, the mentality tonight, we, we, we certainly can't question that. I thought it was spot on. There was a few individual performances which stood out. I thought Alan was absolutely fantastic. Um it's like he's powered by Duracell. He's just, he, he never stops. Um thought Ben Godfrey was excellent. I thought Seamus Coleman was right up for it. Loved his attitude. The fact that he was in people's faces and really, really energetic. Not got a clue where he was playing. Uh, and I don't think he does either because he was he was all over the over the pitch. Um, Calvert-Lewin, 
I think special mention for him. I thought he led the line absolutely brilliantly. His hold up play was excellent. Um, finish for the goal. You know, we've I think we've been quite critical of him one on one at stages this season. He's missed quite a few, but that one was a really, really nice finish and it's won us the game. So a great three points, Mick. And it teases up nicely for Thursday. We can get something out of that game. It's still in our hands. So uh, season's still alive, made up. Ben, you know, after the result against Villa last week, you know, we were all down in the dumps and we probably thought the season was over. But this Everton team, you know, when they travel away from home, backs against the wall, they, they pluck out these results, don't they? They've done it again, Mick. They've drawn us all back in and we're all literally following them again, really looking forward to the next few games. And I hope now we can actually kick on and push on and don't let us down again because away game of Villa this week is massive. If we can get three points out of there, Mick, it's absolutely enormous for me and Everton fans and the club because we can really push on then for Europe and the way we've been playing the past few weeks, I still don't know how it's still in our hands, to be honest, after that result um, against Aston Villa last week. But we're still there. The results have gone massively in our favour this week. And I, I thought we played really well tonight. It was solid. It was compact. It was nice to see the likes of Tom Davis coming in for Andre Gomez, who, for me, Gomez hasn't been playing particularly well of late. Um, I'd say Davis come on, shored up the midfield, was a bit more alert of what his positioning was. There was no exposed gaps on the break, which he found at Goodison a lot last week against Aston Villa. Um, I felt last week Villa were in and behind us very easily, passed our midfield. But this this week, fair play to uh, um, Sigurdsson. I thought he had to put a shift in. Uh, Tom Davis and obviously what Lee said before, Alan was a monster today. Absolutely unbelievable. And James Coleman, God knows where he was playing the free role, literally up and down. He was on the left, he was on the right. He was in central midfield and he also in the, the set, well, the late 80th minute, but making a bear to try and make it 2-0. So for me, he was man of the match. He was brilliant, Coleman. He was up and down. And what Lee touched on there before, I think Calvert-Lewin has been crying out for a goal like he scored today because we've criticised him on here. Evertonians have criticised him all on Twitter, on all social media platforms, saying that he can't score one-on-one when it's under pressure. And he's proved me, proved others wrong. What a finish. What a run, by the way, as well. An instinctive run a nice little banana run around the back and Godfrey, the God, should have called him. But what a fantastic ball that was. Took it under his control, composed himself and what we've talked about in the past went ice cold. Bang, bottom corner, won the Everton. And do you know what? I thought we played well up until that point. And then, obviously, then we're one nil up away from home and that suits our game style down to a tee. Nice and compact. Say to West Ham, come on, come and break us down, which they couldn't do, which a lot of teams have been doing to us at Goodison. And we just haven't had the firepower to do it. And I think we nullified them completely. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't the best performance going forward. It wasn't. But I don't care. We've got three points on the board away at West Ham. And it's 11 wins out of 17. And it just shows that it's just such a strange season. I think they had a stat on Sky beforehand that saying, I think there's been a more away wins in the Premier League than home wins for one of the first times in a long time. So it just shows you how much these teams are missing the fans. But I thought the game plan was spot on by Carlo. But I just want to touch on, I don't think the refereeing performance was very good. Uh, and I think Martin Tyler still got his claret and blue boxer shorts on. I've never seen a narrative from Sky so much desperately crying in a West Ham goal before. It was literally every time we had a chance, oh yeah, but West Ham can score here. It's just, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. So I'm absolutely made up with the win. Some top, top, top performances from the lads. And we can now kick on to Thursday and try and get three points under our belts and uh, push on for Europe. Kev, there was a few changes at the start of the game. Davis, Mina and Keane came into the team and Holgate, Gomez and Awobi were left out of the team. So it was it was like a 5-3-2 formation. Did you did you agree with that? Huh. Uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, 
it seemed weird to me because um, you know Coleman was right tucking in on the, on the right hand side, which was like leaving us a little bit bare down that side, and obviously shuffling across. I, I obviously think the game plan today was was excellent. You know what they worked on. They've obviously had uh, West Ham looked at a couple of times. So where uh, you know I've said once or twice, you know that Carlo's got along with uh, away with things at times, maybe because of who he is. But today he got it spot on. Um, I think the way that he set the team up, I think he overloaded it on the left-hand side, may, maybe thinking Schufel was going to, you know, cause us a lot of problems. So maybe give that sort of um, responsibility to, to Ziggerson to, to blank out. And I think he give players, you know, what I would call a typical Italian sort of mentality to go out there and stop people playing, man-to-man marking. Um, and then... But I just think we frustrated. I thought they were really sort of poor today, West Ham. But is that because we've made them poor? Of course it is. You know, we, we've we've really controlled them. We've denied them chances in the second half. Um, and I, I can't really remember Pickford having a save in the second half. And we look dangerous on the attack, you know, the counter-attack, when we do it quickly. Disappointed in the midfield area when we don't retain possession um, long enough. You know, more often than not, well, our best pass is backwards rather than forwards. Um, I, th- I think we've got to do better in that area. You know, retaining possession, keeping it for longer periods. Because I think if you look at that, I think they'll be up there um, on the what sixty percent mark, um, especially in the second half. West Ham of um, the amount of possession they had, but it's all about winning games and scoring goals, and that's what we did, and they didn't. Um, so you've got to say tactically we've been spot on today and we've got it right Lee just touching on what Kev just said there you know Everton you know they did stifle West Ham and they maybe made West Ham look poor Alan Smith the, the commentator on Sky you know he called it a smash and grab performance from Everton and that, that was at half time when he said that and I, I thought that did Everton a bit of a disservice really didn't you? Just a bit me um, and, and I'm with Ben on this absolutely I mean I'd just like to sincerely apologise to Martin Tyler Forever and having the audacity to win tonight, you know, bang out of order. I don't know who we think we are, but I don't know what this anti narrative, anti Everton narrative is on behalf of Sky. I mean, what, what have we done? Uh, are, are Everton that much more less of a, a proposition in terms of playing in, in Europe next season compared to West Ham? I'm not sure about that. Um, but no, it wasn't a smash and grab performance. I think we, the way we set up, the way we defended, how organised, how switched on we were from. From zero minutes to ninety-five minutes, I think it just it limited West Ham to very, very few chances. I thought they got desperate. Um, so I think the performance of West Ham says a lot more of, about Everton and the way we set up than it does about them. Um, so what yeah, it did do us a disservice, Mick. Um, I think it wasn't a complete Everton performance by any means. I'm not saying we were absolutely outstanding because we weren't, but I think that's what we are just now. And when Everton look good, and when I feel you know, the, the most most positive about Everton is when we we put up performances like we have tonight, and that's taken me back to the point I made a little bit earlier, where I think we should just persist with that system because it suits us best, even at home. Um, you know, I don't want us to revert back to the old four three three formation that we do at home, where we often look quite toothless and we lack width, um, and it all sort of goes a little bit too central, and and we're easy to nullify. Um, I think that performance tonight is probably the best you'll see from this particular Everton team and squad. Um, so, yeah, 
Uh, I think it, it was very, very unfair, but it's not unfamiliar. We hear it all the time. They were crying a West Ham goal in. Even when um, King came on and after a couple of minutes, you know, it was a great move. He, he hits the post, it rolls across the line. And the first thing Martin Tyler says was, West Ham is still in this, West Ham could score. He didn't even <laughs> mention the chance. And I was, yeah. I was like, are you, are you serious? Um, so anyway, it doesn't matter. We've, we've got the three points. Um, it's still in our hands. It doesn't matter what the, what the media think or say. Um, I just hope now we can somehow, you know, arrest the slide at home because it really is a, an abysmal home form because it, it's going to come down to those two games. Sheffield United and Wolves, massively kind fixtures. You know, you couldn't probably handpick them any better in terms of giving us a chance to, to sneak into those European positions. So it's all on us. Um, but no, tonight we weren't great, but we were much better than West Ham. It was a good away performance and we deserved the win. No doubt about that. Ben, with one win in our last eight in all competitions, and in those eight, we'd only scored six goals. So we all knew the sort of performance and the sort of display that we were going to probably put out today against West Ham. So sometimes you have to play that perfect game, don't you? You know, we're not going to score many. So when them chances do come... It fouled to DCL. It was a great ball by Godfrey. You know, question marks have, have been made over Calvert-Lewin, you know, missing those sort of chances. But to be fair to Calvert-Lewin, he slotted it away nicely, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Great finish, as touched on before. But the, the ball from Godfrey was just as good. It was a brilliant one. Brilliant ball found him. And the first touch, if you watch him, was superb. Literally, but we, we, we should be looking to do that more. It just shows what, what happens when we look to go forward instead of this sideways and backwards passing. A bit of movement up top and a ball to find your strikers and your attacking players and you're in. Because they weren't quick at the back, Mick, let's be honest. Dawson is probably 36 years of age, isn't he? And the option not literally a mover. They made Richardson look rapid as well. So it was on all game. Um, and I just think if we can just have a bit more calmness about us to obviously retain possession sometimes and make them runs, it would be it'd be brilliant. But we, we still gave the ball away in midfield and towards the end, I don't know about you, but I was screaming at my TV going, just keep hold of the ball. Just <laughs> literally pass it round, knock it round, stop West Ham having the ball. And we kept on booting it up front. Mason Algate was just launching 60-yard balls non-stop. And I just wanted him to play the little ball down the line for Seamus Coleman, just to tuck it in, even go back and just pass and move and use that. So... Some players didn't have the game management in the head, but we got the three points and that's what matters. It was massive. Um, shout out to Michael Keenforce. He was brilliant as well with his heading. Um, and then you look back, Yeri Mina played well until he went off. But again, another injury. And don't know what it is with these Colombians, but they made a glass every now and again. He seems to go off every now and again, which is such a shame. Because on his day, Mina, for me, is our best centre-half. But he's picking up a lot of niggles recently. So that's something that we've got to look at. I don't know how serious it was tonight, Mick, but... It's another injury for him as well. Um, but on his day, he's our best centre-half. We were solid with him in the team. And Godfrey, what a signing he's been. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And it's just scary that our probably quickest and most direct threat is Ben Godfrey at centre-half. A few times in the first half, he was flying up the pitch and literally one final ball away from getting a second chance. But no, overall, a really good, tight, compact away performance. Again, we revert back to that. Carlo Ancelotti, Italian-style approach, defensive masterclass. And I think away from home, we do have an identity. We know what the tactics are. We know what we want to achieve and we know how we want to play. But when we're at home, I don't think we've got that identity about us. I don't think we've got set tactics and how we break teams down who are sitting back like we did today and nullifying us completely because we don't have the pace to get around the back of these teams to do that for us. But luckily for us, West Ham came at us quite harshly and we just nullified them. 
And we had the long ball option was on tonight. You seen with Charles, and I thought he was outstanding as well. I thought he put a really good shift in. And do you know what's nice to see that he was upset to come off. Maybe I think it was the right substitution because he'd run his legs into the ground. But it was nice to see him getting a bit upset from coming off because he, I think he knew deep down that he'd had a good game and he wanted to get the goal. But that's what I want to see from every players upset to come off. Um, Josh King came on at a good runabout. Thought he was pretty solid. But going forward, completely agree with Lee. I think this three-five-two formation is is pretty solid for the players you've got available. Maybe look to change it in the summer uh, when you get your players in that you want. We need obviously a, a midfielder who's going to get hold of the ball, a right back and right wing, and that could transform this team. If we had a quick outlet, we would have been in behind them at numerous times. You can get over the top because it was on every time. So yeah, made up with the result, Mick. Massive, massive three points back in our hands, up the toffees. <laughs> Kev, as a, obviously a former professional and a former centre-half, do you agree with Ben and Lee there where you think, you know, what with this current crop of players, three centre-halves is probably the best way forward at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's looking good. We look solid. Um, we don't look as if we're sort of too clumsy in them positions, if you know what I mean. Sometimes it, uh, three's a crowd, uh, two's, two's enough. But uh, no, I think, you know, in time, you're going to be building that three round Godfrey. Um, and two others, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting next year, the way that we go. I think Keane has got to play, um, you know, because when you do come up against your West Ham's, who their aerial prowess is, is, is spot on. And uh, you've got to have somebody like him in your side. You look at the amount of headers that he won towards the end of the game. Um, you, you know, he's, he's, you know, vitally important for us. I, I think he's improved tremendously this year uh, Michael Keane you know on the ball uh, I think he's got good usage of the ball I think Godfrey's got good usage of the ball what we do next year along if, if Mason can up his game again um, and get back to, to what he was before he had his injury um, you know that then that's a solution you could have him but he's got to get better on the ball definitely um, you know the, you're brought up Saying not to give the ball away, not to you know, not to be ultra safe, but don't give the ball away. And uh, I don't know. I think he's looking for that forty-yard killer ball sometimes too much. But then again, sometimes you know, do you lose confidence then in the midfield by giving the ball to the midfield? Because at the end of the day, you know, you're only going to get it back. They're not going to turn and go forward. Uh, not with this midfield at the moment. But in time, you'd like to think that you know, Carlo's a cute manager. He knows what he wants. He'll know that he'll need the ball playing midfield player in there. Um, you know, what happens, happens with Rodriguez, I'm not quite sure. Um, because when he's in there, we look a different outfit, but we lose the defensive part of his game. But I must admit, in the games that I've seen him play in that sort of central area in midfield, that I've been impressed with his his, um, his work rate. You know, there's rumours about Coutinho coming back, uh, coming to back to Merseyside and signing. Now, I'm not too sure. Can you have a Hammers Rodriguez in your side and a Coutinho? I don't think so. Um, I, I don't see how that's going to work um, because I think you need somebody that's going to be able to, you know, do a shift, do it, do a shift, but also be, you know, decent enough on the ball to to find Calvert Ruins runs and Richarlison's runs because the, you know them lads work tirelessly up front, um, win or lose. They're still putting the shift in. And they're still looking to get in behind defenders, but they're also working back uh, and working the line. You know, they're defending from the front. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of thinking to to do um, for next season. 
Um, hopefully, they've been thinking very, very hard to to what they want to be bringing in to make us a lot stronger. Because this year has been an up and down season, I would say. And uh, you know, when you think you've actually you're there, then all of a sudden we're not. You know, we disappoint. Um, so we we've got to get that sort of fine medium that we've got the right players. And uh, I'd like to see what we're going to be doing in this summer because it's it's work, going to be working out quite exciting, I think. You know, mm-hmm. for what we can be bringing in, because we've seen what he's already brought in uh, last season, then that's been a massive improvement to us. So, and and look at our position, um, look at the points that we've got, the away wins that we've got, eleven away wins. I mean, you know, when did we last do that? Um, you know, even I can't remember. <laughs> well, you should so do because uh, you were playing. <laughs> still can't remember. Nineteen eighty-seven. Nineteen. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a great achievement, but if you have. I think that was the stat picked up, wasn't it, before that the, the amount of teams that have won away from home this year is more than maybe any other season. That's got to be down to the crowd. There's no doubt about it. Um, but when it first started in the first lockdown, I think uh, the Bundesliga, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of away wins. Uh, and, and like like I say, there's been a lot of away wins this year in the Premiership. So, and, and not just the Premiership. I think it's every division. So, uh yeah, looking forward to next season now. Already. Lee, Lee, you look at, you know, what Kev just said there, you look at someone like Alan in centre midfield, it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, Kev's already looking forward to next season, but just concentrating on this season, if Alan would have been available for those couple of months where he got injured, he's so important to this Everton team, isn't he? Yeah, he's absolutely vital. Um, and, and we did miss him. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and he's not been on his own. Obviously, we've been without... Abdelaziz Corey for a little while. Uh, James at different points of the season, we were, we were without him as well. Uh, Calvert Lewin was out for a little bit, so you can point towards all of those really. Um, but in terms of the midfielder and, and the job he does, there's not many better in the division than Alan. Uh, I love to watch him play. I love his attitude. You know, he, he loves winning tackles. I think you can you can see he takes genuine enjoyment out out of winning a tackle and winning his personal battles on the pitch. Um, and that's what you want to see. From a midfielder, um, equally, you know, I think Tom Davis was was the same tonight as well. I thought he was right up for it and and did his job really well. Um, overall, midfield is is a part of the pitch that I think we are lacking, and I think we'd all concede that. I think we need to add a lot of pace, uh, a little bit more guile. We can't rely on James Rodriguez for the whole season. You know, we, we've we've seen now, and, and we probably knew before we signed him that you're only going to get 25, 30 games max out of him, but he's absolutely brilliant when he does play. So is that is that an argument for, as Kev said earlier on, you know, if we are linked with Coutinho and we end up getting him, is, is it with half an eye on the games that Hammers isn't playing? Because it's sort of like for like, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is behind that, if indeed it's true. But um, it, it would be great if for the last, what is it, four games now, that we can get Alan and Decore back on the pitch at once. Because I think that will give us a hell of a, you know, more of a fighting chance of getting the points that we need. Um, because it is crazy now. You know, we're running out of time. I think any more slip-ups, there's been frustrations throughout the course of this season. And we think, right, we've, we've just got to win. And then the next week, we, we go and throw in a, a silly defeat. But we've still got time to put it right. It's got to the point of the season now where we haven't got time to put it right. So it's got to be perfect. We've got to be switched on. We know what we've got to do. So, it, it you know, that's a good thing. It's right there in front of us. The players know what's needed now. Um, there's no margin for error. 
So they've just got to go for it. But I think getting those two back at this point in time, you know, it's it's come at a really good moment for us with favourable fixtures still, aside from the City game, which you'd still argue they could have more than half an eye on their Champions League final. So you try it. Well, I know I certainly am trying not to get too hopeful um, because we've been burnt uh, by doing that before. But it's hard not to because, you know, we're capable of it. And if, if we just keep switched on, keep focused, keep doing the things we did tonight, get the basics right, win your battles out. You know, as long as the fight's there and the application's there, you're always going to have a chance to win a football match. So let's hope we can we can uh, we can um, replicate what we've done tonight in the last four games. It is open. Ben, just touching on what Lee just said there about doing the basics. You know, Seamus Coleman. He, sometimes he comes under criticism. People think you know we should be moving on from a player like that. But today it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, there's there's still life in the old dog yet. Even at 32, he still he can still do a job for us at times. Yeah, he was bang up for it today. You could see, even in the last minute, he was chasing down their uh, their left-back non-stop running, which I love to see. Just effort, and we'll always back it as Evertonians. It was just brilliant to see. I think he's got that little bit of pace and energy back and desire, and he was really, really pressing really well, and it was really impressive to see. Um, he's been brilliant, but I've just seen an interesting stat on Twitter, you know, regarding Jordan Pickford. I think, looking at it, but Sky put out a... Um, statistic on him that says he's got the best save percentage record out of his past four seasons this year 70% mm-hmm. which has been brilliant what, what what a turnaround he's made that boy because I thought tonight he was very commanding as well I thought he came and gathered them crosses really really well and he's pulled off some really good saves tonight and do you know what fair play to the lads just wanted to get that in on the podcast which is great nice one Jordan Lee Pickford you've proven us all wrong again another player who's come back from the depths but no like you said Coleman for me has definitely got a place in the squad even next year because he's that modern day professional he's fired up and he can play certain positions like you said I don't know where he was playing today I don't know if he was central midfield left wing right wing right back but he was running round everywhere and it was just good to see I know it cost us nearly cost us a goal when Ben Rama missed that header but Apart from that, I thought him and Godfrey had a really good understanding. Obviously, Godfrey's the right side of the centre-backs until um, Yerimina went off. So, I thought it was really good. But even when Holgate came on and Mason went back into like the right-hand side, he was talking to him non-stop. You can, you can hear it in his voice. That's your man. That's you. I'll stay here. Which is just good to see from the captain, getting in the players' ears, being loud, being vocal. And I think when their left-back went down, it was good to see him again, just getting straight in his face, calling him a dive. And I won't say that for the podcast, but he uh, he got really stuck into his ear, which is what we want to see. A bit of fight, a bit of desire. Something this team's been lacking for a long time. And like, just want to go back to Alan. I thought he was outstanding tonight. It was just everywhere, like Lee said, like a Jordan bunny. He was just fantastic. And mm. what a difference he was tonight, playing a bit further up the pitch and obviously having to sit because he's... You've seen in the first half, he's got the qualities to go, to beat a player and actually take on a play and get us on further up the pitch. And I feel his better position is as the eight, to be honest with you, further up the pitch and let somebody else do the sitting. But we've got Decore coming back now. Um, I think Hamez might be in contention for Thursday. So, like we said before, Decore's been a massive miss the past eight games. His legs, energy and desire in the midfield contributes well with Alan uh, and whoever he plays with, whether that be Davis, Shigerton or Gomez. So, He's been a massive miss. That injury picked up was at a crucial time and there was no surprise when he got one win out of eight when he was injured. 
because um, he's that much of a massive player for Everton. So, no, absolutely over the moon with Seamus Coleman's performance tonight, make a proper captain's performance. Absolutely brilliant from the man. And it's just good to see that he's still got life in the old dog, as you said before. But, no, really impressed. Really big three points. And we need to kick on now for Thursday. Kev, you've been involved in seasons and obviously in your past career, you know, where you're fighting for things towards the end of the season. Is it is it as simple as now? How much do the players want it to try and get into Europe? I think it's, uh, yeah, it tells a lot about the players next few games because obviously, it, you know, if we've been vulnerable, it's been, we've been vulnerable against uh, lesser teams than us ourselves. You know, they're against the better sides in the in the Premiership. We've done okay. Um but when we're playing against the Newcastles of the world and Brightons and, and that, we just seem to be a little bit, oh, you know, have we got enough to break them down? Uh, and I don't think we have. We we definitely haven't. But it's, you know, I think Carlo's coming in and he, he, he's building something, you know, and then hopefully it's going to be within the next couple of years that uh, we're going to be kicking on and, and a lot better than what we're seeing now. Um you know, we're getting the wins away from home. I, I don't think we've been convincing enough at home. I think we've lacked in, like you say, in the midfield area. Um, many a times at home, we haven't got that guile. And then, like you say, when Hammers is not playing, then we do lack, um, you know, that quality uh, to get us a chance or a goal. Um, as Seamus, I mean, he's just, <laughs> you know, you're talking about Duracell bastards. These are just rechargeable, is, isn't he? He just needs enough time to recharge him to get going again. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a hard task that with uh, with Seamus because, you know, it's somewhere that we've got to really strengthen um, because he's, you know, he's not at the, the bright old age of 22, he's 32. But the matches that he plays, you know, he, you're getting everything from him. But are we going to get that week in, week out off him? Um, maybe not. Um, so, you know, there's still, I still think there's a vital role there for him to play because he can play in a number of positions. Because Alan's the one that, you know, he's the one that goes and everybody's got to be following him. If nobody's following him, then it's a waste of time and he's going. So that's, you know, something that Seamus does, isn't it? He does get in your face because close down well. Um, it's one of his assets of his game, to be fair. But uh, it's, you know, we've, we've got to push on now. You know, when you've got the likes of Coleman in the side and Allen and they're fighters and they're wanting to, you know, to win and strive and get as high as they, they want. I mean, I'd, I'd be pleased enough if we just get over 60 points this year, which is, you know, well achievable now. Um, and that'll be it. I don't think we've, we've had over 60 points in too many times in a season, have we? So that is a big stride forward. Lee, how how important is this Villa game now Thursday for the rest of our season? Well, it's the next game, isn't it? And that's all we can that's all we can look at at this point. We've got four games left. Every single one of them is just as important as the other. But like I said earlier on, there's no time to recover now. Your position, you know, we're, we're talking. There's four games left. We're right up there. But if these results around us stop going our way, then we could quickly find ourselves out of the equation if, if we fail to get something, I think, out of the Villa game. I'm not sure how important it is for us to actually get the three points. I think I don't know whether a point would be enough, but then you look at our home form and you can't take for granted the fact that we're going to 
get three points against Sheffield United and Wolves because the way the season's gone, that's actually quite unlikely, isn't it? You know, as as weird as it is for me to be saying that, but it's it's a game that I think hinges a lot on Jack Grealish whether or not it's a big ask for him to come back in straight away on Thursday after this long out. Um, you know, I think all Evertonians will speak for everyone in saying, you know, I'd, I'd be a lot more confident again if we're playing a Jack Re- oh. a, a, a Aston Villa side without Jack Grealish. But we said that mm. last week, and, and he still came to Goodison and did the job on us. Um, well, I think Ollie Watkins being out, he, he caused us tremendous problems uh, last week, and that 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 is a plus. There's no getting away from it. So, but we've got to take advantage of it. It's all on us. Um, personally, I don't think Grealish will play. I think it's, he's just been out that little bit too long, and it'd be too much of a risk to put him back in straight away on Thursday. So we're going to be up against the Villa side without arguably the two best players. So it's another chance. We're away from home. There's only Man City statistically better than us away from home. So it's a it's a big, big chance. And like Ben said earlier, if we can beat Villa on Thursday, you start wondering where we could finish. Um, but it's yeah, they're doing it to me again. They're doing it to all of us again. They've sucked me right back in. I'm, I'm starting to think, you know, Fifth, sixth, wherever you know the possibilities. What what, what are they this season? But it, it's a, it's a huge game, um, and I'm actually more confident going into that than I am of the Sheffield United game, uh, the one after that. Simply because we're away from home, and the statistics tell us that we're more likely to win away from home. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see, Mick. But I think if we apply ourselves in the same way as we did tonight, then we'll give ourselves every chance. Like I said earlier on, it's all about fight and attitude and application. Football, that you know, I think that's key to any successful side and, and winning matches. And I think that's when we've come up, uh, unstuck at times this season when we perhaps not quite got that part of things right. But if we can do that again, then you'd like to think man for man, eleven versus eleven, we'll have enough to beat Aston Villa. But we've got to win our battles and we've got to get the attitude right again. Mm. Ben, one negative this evening was Yerry Mean. He went off in the second half with what looked like a muscle injury. Is that the downfall to Yerry Mean side of, of football? You know, he does pick up a lot of niggles, doesn't he? Yeah, but touched on it earlier, Mick. On his day, when he's fit, he's arguably our best centre-half for me. But he is picking up a lot of injuries. I think he has a reoccurring calf injury that comes on every now and again and he goes off. But every other week he plays, he's been brilliant and then he'll go down and be out for three or four games. There's no real momentum and Maybe that's why we can't get a proper one and get a tight, clean sheet together because we're chopping and changing our centre-halves all the time. And he's massive. He's Look, he's a monster. He's an absolute six-foot-seven machine who wins everything in the air, just flies into everything, which I love. But it starts to question then a, a player who's on 120, 130 grand a week, two years left on his deal, and he's playing probably 60, 70% of games. It's a, it's a difficult question coming up this summer, isn't it? Obviously, he's the one that's getting linked away at the back. Um, teams are sniffing in the Italian and Spanish league and this is probably the last year that we're going to get any value for him to be honest but I think he's been a good signing like I said he's been our best centre-half but some difficult decisions coming up for the club this summer um, obviously Michael Keane signed a long long-term contract personally I don't think Holgate's good enough we've touched on him before he could be another one potentially being shown the exit though if obviously the links to the centre-half that's uh, coming out in all outlets are true so it's a really, really difficult one with him, Mick. I really like him. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a really good defender. Probably, like I said before, our best centre-half. But he's made of glass, isn't he? He literally comes in for three or four or five games and he's out for three or four games. And you can't be having that. You need a consistent 
centered off who's not going to pick up niggles and look I'll have if you get a, um like a like a really bad injury the likes of like say Gomez had or other players in the Premier League they picked up a really unfortunate injury that happens but the constant muscle injuries are a bit of a concern for me because it is the the, the fiddly muscle ones the, the quadricep muscle the calf the hammy just little twinges here and there which to me are starting to ring the alarm bells so the club's got a massive decision do we put him on an improved increased contract for a few years time down for five years and put him on probably arguably 140 150 grand a week or do we look to cash in now that's a debate among uh, a lot of Evertonians at the moment and I put out a tweet uh, this week basically asking that question and the reviews were all mixed so it is a difficult decision coming up in the summer um, for me I still stand by it I think he's brilliant our best sense of art but that's only based on when he's fit and he's not fit enough enough for me to actually go on a run so potentially look to cash in and bring somebody just as good um, and could obviously kick on and not pick up these injuries because it is warning signs now, isn't it? Because he seems to go off and how often have we seen that pitch and just sitting on the pitch having, having to come off and it's starting to become a, a reoccurring theme. So, yeah, it, well, that's probably one negative, but I thought Keane and Godfrey played really well tonight. And I thought Mina was brilliant up until he went off. So, solid, compact and obviously the game plan worked, but the club, like I said, have got a massive decision to make. So there we have it, guys. Thanks to Kev, Lee and Ben for joining us as always. Thanks for listening. Everton season moves on. It's still alive with yet another away win. And it is still alive and it's still in our hands for a European position. We will be back next week for our game at Aston Villa on Thursday, which is a 6pm kickoff. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and all the very best. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.